So when I received the email last week, it was made clear on it that I had the liberty to give forth the gospel or speak a word to those who are the Lord's. And I'd like to do both. So what I have tonight is for the saint and sinner alike. And I'd like to start by reading a verse in Psalms. Psalms 107. And verse 9. Psalms 107 and verse 9. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, thinking mainly of the first part. For he satisfieth the longing soul. This week, I plan on, when I get home, to meet up with a young man whose name is Daniel. Daniel's probably about 30 years old, and he's from Turkey. I met him at a Verizon store. And as I was explaining to him the difficulty I had with my phone, um... He looked at me, and he said, are you a pastor? I said, in part, yes. He said, so you're a man of God? And I said, yes, I am. I said, what makes you ask that? And he said, well... You can imagine what they see in a Verizon store. Most people coming in there, they're kind of irritated about whatever their silly phone is doing. And he says, well, you have a peace. And you seem satisfied. Well, I don't know if that was a compliment or a rebuke. But what is this world looking for. We just had in the last meeting treasure. Why do we have treasures? There's satisfaction in that. We are looking for satisfaction. Saint and sinner alike. And so tonight, this afternoon, are you satisfied? Do we need to think about that for a little while? Are you truly satisfied? If not, why not? It says that he satisfieth the longing soul. What are you longing for? Maybe after we sing a song, I'd like to look at four individuals in Scripture. The first two, the one had faith and the one didn't. And neither one of them were satisfied. They didn't find satisfaction. And then the next two individuals, the one didn't have faith. And the next one did have faith. And they both found satisfaction. So I trust the end of this meeting, if we don't have satisfaction, whether we're the Lord's or not, that we might seek after that which truly satisfies our heart. We all have to confess 
there's things we're striving after. Is it really that which will satisfy the heart? So as we sing this song, number 19, please pay attention to the words on the page. <clears throat> number 19, O Christ, in Thee my soul hath found and found in thee alone the peace, the joy I sought so long, the bliss till now unknown. Have you found that peace, that joy? Have you found satisfaction? It's only going to be found in a person. That's the person of the Lord Jesus. Do you love him? And maybe you have found satisfaction in him as to regards to your lost condition and sins. And now you are the Lord's. Are you satisfied? Are you really satisfied? I know a lot of those who are the Lord's that are not satisfied. Why? It's something to search our hearts. Now none but Christ can satisfy none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus found in me. Oh Christ.
first individual I'd like to look at is in Matthew chapter 26. A lot of maybe the things I have have already been spoken on. But the Spirit of God is able to maybe give us something a little more. Matthew chapter 26. And verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Chapter 27 and verse 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. That was the end of Judas. What was he seeking? For satisfaction. What did he think that he was going to find satisfaction in? Money. Without question. Without question. <clears throat> he thought that if he could get 30 pieces more. It's always that way, isn't it? It's just a little bit more. If he could just get 30 pieces of silver more, he'd be satisfied. Dear one, is there anything in this earth that can satisfy your soul? Truly satisfy you? Can money satisfy the longings of your soul. I can go right here to Judas. It did not. Judas now, according to Luke 16, he is in torment. For 2,000 years, because he wanted 30 pieces of silver. He is now in Hades in a place of torment for 2,000 years. And he has at least another 1,000 to go for 30 pieces of silver. And then there's coming a day when he's going to have to stand before that great white throne which we had already in Revelation chapter 20. And from there, what happens? He's going to be cast into the lake of fire. And it's a lake, it's a place of containment. We heard that it, you can't get out. And it's fire. Fire speaks of judgment. But you know, in Proverbs chapter 30, it says, there are three things, yea, that are not satisfied. What's one of those? It's fire. He will forever be unsatisfied in the lake of fire. He will never find satisfaction. We were speaking of some of these things in our reading last week at home. 
And my daughter said, you know, maybe we need to hear more about this, of, of the condition of those that pass away and not know the Lord. And hell. We don't, I don't like to talk about these things. But the Word of God does. Maybe we need to hear more about this. And as a result, maybe we'd be a little more faithful in the gospel. Do you think? Those that we work with, work for, our families, are we concerned for their soul? Or do we don't, we don't really care? Is there any concern? Judas is forever unsatisfied. I'd like to look at another individual. And this one had faith. True faith. But I, I don't think when he passed away, he did not find true satisfaction. We'll turn to First Kings. Chapter three. <clears throat> Solomon. I'm just going to read pieces for the sake of time. Solomon chapter 3, verse 5, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David. My father and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this day thy so great a people? And this speech pleased the Lord, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there's, there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. Should read verse 14. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. What we see here, Solomon had a good beginning. Everything was going for him. He was a man of God. He had faith. In the Lord. So he had a good beginning. How about you? Sometimes we think that as we get older, some of these temptations that the world has for us, they kind of go away. How did it work out for Solomon? Did he continue on? Keep his statutes and my commandments. We all know he didn't. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 2, I think. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. You know, I sent a text to a sister last week. She was pondering some things. And I, I told her the most unhappy soul living today is not an unbeliever. Does that seem strange? An unbeliever is living in the living up all they know in the life. And Adam's race, that's all they know. And they're going to live it to the fullest. But it's one who, like Solomon, he had tasted of the life, we might say in our terms today. He tasted the Lord is good. But he wasn't enough. And he wanted some or much of the world. And so one who today wants to enjoy that life that is wholly apart from this world, the life of Christ, and then to embrace the world on the other hand is the most unhappy. Because they've had a taste of that which is really life. You can't have both and be satisfied. There are many that have both. Many. I worked for a man, extremely, quite a few, extremely wealthy man. And him and his wife, they are the Lord's. And I share with him that which is really life. But they are the most unhappy of all the ones I work for. Because he's striving after the things of this life. Christ isn't enough. Is he enough to satisfy your heart and my heart? I'm talking to those who are the Lord's. Young ones, it's the truth. You know, here in Ecclesiastes, you have Song of Solomon, or you have Solomon. He's not only... giving us later in, in Ecclesiastes, he's, there's things that he meditates on. And so there's things that he can glean by meditating on the Word of God. And then there's things we glean by observation. And Solomon also gleaned much through experience. And so he's given us some of these experiences that we may not experience that. Some of us, sad to say, have experienced some of these things. This world has a big pull, doesn't it sometimes? It can. If Christ, if Christ doesn't satisfy. We're not looking to Him for our satisfaction. And so, I want to read chapter 2. And this is, Solomon is really speaking as to experience. Because he didn't take heed to the commandments and to those statutes. And this was the result. And we'll see how many times it's all about me. Chapter 2, verse 1. I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth. What doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good, see what was good, that good for the sons of men, which they should do under heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kind of fruit. I made me pools of water. To water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and I had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle, above all that were in Jerusalem before me. 
I gathered me all the silver and the gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of provinces. I got me men, singers and women singers, and, del and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withhold, I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was the portion of my labor. Then I looked, listen, this is a man who experienced both realms. He was a man that had faith. But what did it come to? We read elsewhere that his heart was taken away. After idols, he sought satisfaction there too. What was the end? Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and all the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no prophet under the sun. Was he satisfied? Did all he had everything he could want on this in this life? Did it bring satisfaction to his heart? It did not. It separated him from the one who could give him satisfaction. The one who his father knew and found satisfaction in the Lord. He found no satisfaction. It helped me when I was young. I was about 18 years old. Again, working for a man and his wife. Very wealthy. I, be, I was very close to, thankfully, the Lord preserved me but a son to them. I did everything. I switched the mattresses around. I'd pick them up in the airport. I'd take them to the airport. I'd turn on their heating blanket. I'd run into town and get things. I found a piece of property from the buy I'd, at 18 years old. and That's a dangerous age to not get swept aside with the glamour that this world has. I was driving their fancy cars. But she told me something that I've never forgotten. And dear one, if a younger one here, if you think that amassing things of this life is going to bring you satisfaction, you are going to be disappointed. It never works. But she said, Tim, before we had all this money, we were happier. This is when they, they got it all. But she said, Tim, before I had, we had all this money, we were happier. What did it turn out for them? Vexation of spirit. It didn't satisfy. The things here in this earth will not satisfy. Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 2 Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13 He's speaking to his people He's speaking to me He's speaking to you. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can't satisfy, can't hold water that can hold no water. That was Solomon. He was hewing himself out, himself out 
huge cisterns. Did they satisfy his heart? The longings of his heart? They did not. They did not. He lost out. He lost out. And just a reference in the New Testament in 1 John. We know these verses very well. But it's good to connect them. 1 John chapter 2. The Lord has given us examples in Scripture to help us understand the truth behind what is written for us. As we do, we see in Solomon, or a lot. Chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father, the satisfaction that we find in the Father is not in him. This is truth. And as we've had before, just believe it. Why, why do we have to try to prove God? We, are we going to prove Him wrong? No, we're not. No, we're not. We know these the things that have a grip on our hearts. We know. John chapter 4. This has already been taken up, and I, I'm not going to spend much time on it for the sake of time. I think someone already referred to this. And we know this, the woman at the well, very well. Chapter 4. And we see that what was she looking to find satisfaction in? Did it satisfy her heart? She didn't have faith. Marriage, men, did it satisfy her heart? It did not. It did not. And that's why the Lord came there knowing that she was coming, as it were, He takes that water and, and draws it right into her life. And so if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, if you haven't put your trust in Him, the Lord Jesus is here tonight saying, Come, come unto Me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I know that's speaking of freedom from the law. But in the Gospel, have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only one that can satisfy the longings of your heart. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And what was the result? This beautiful world system that we have totally in separation and apart from the Lord. Can we find satisfaction when He rejected a lamb. Abel found satisfaction in that lamb. We've had the Lamb of God before us. Can He satisfy our hearts, dear one? Well, we know very well that this Samaritan woman, she found the Lord Jesus. She found satisfaction what she'd been longing for in her heart. And he knew what was going on in that heart of that woman. For she left her water pot. As it were, she left those broken cisterns. And she found one that could satisfy the longings of her heart. Have you found this blessed one? The Lord Jesus 
We've already had before us the jailer. And there needs to be, as has been very clearly pointed out to us, that we need to repent. Repentance towards God, faith in the Lord Jesus. And as that jailer was soon to enter into eternity without Christ, and as Paul cried out, do thyself no harm. What did he do? He called for a light repentance. Everything was in the open. Whatever it took. He wanted that which would satisfy his heart. Yes, he was trembling too. What about you? What did they say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? He's the only one that can satisfy. The song we sing, only Christ can satisfy. Come to Him. The door is soon to shut. brings to mind a man that I've known for a few years. He's also a landscaper. He's my age. We didn't have much in common. He was out to possess the world. And over time, I've said things to him, not knowing what was going on inside his heart. But one day he came, he called me and said, Tim, I want to talk. I said, okay, I'll, I'll be home this afternoon anytime. And I could tell as soon as I saw him that something, was, something had changed. And he said, Tim... I got saved. I got saved. He said, you know, Tim, I thought I thought I had life. I thought I was in the possession of living life. But he said, Tim, now I have life. I really have life. And he's trying to live it to his fullest. <laughs> A few days, months went by and he says, Tim, I want to come by and I just want to see you again and talk. And so he comes by and he's like, Tim, I, we talked about things of the Lord and that's all we talk about now. And he's like, you know, I, it just dawned on me yesterday, why am I amassing all of these guns? He was a hunter, but he was kind of a thing today where you build up stock of guns and ammunition. He's like, we're not here to kill people. We're here to save people. What are we here for? Did that satisfy him? All of a sudden he saw, he left his water pot. He saw that there was no satisfaction. He found someone that could satisfy his heart. What about you? How old are you? Are you 50 years old? And you haven't found the one to satisfy your heart? Could there be? I can't imagine what the disciples thought when they were standing there in the garden. And here comes the chief priest and these men with swords and, and Judas with them. What went through their heart? Dear one, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? He knows your heart. And He wants to satisfy it. He's the only one that can satisfy your heart's affections.
Genesis. Chapter 14. Sorry, I'm running out of time. So I'll just make it brief. We know in this story that Abraham rescued Lot and all and the king of Sodom and all of his goods. Here we have one, a man of faith. And I'm looking at this man as one who had found satisfaction. And he, he can give us a little lesson as to how do we keep ourselves from seeking to find satisfaction in broken cisterns. In the things that this world offers us, how can we protect ourselves from those things that bombard us every day? Verse 17, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedar-Leormer, of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is in the king's dell. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed them and said, Blessed be Abraham, Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and of earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abraham, Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth that I will not take from a thread even to a shoot latch. Abraham was tempted. He went out and he met as it were that roaring lion, but now here's the serpent. He had a great victory and he comes back. But who meets him before the king of Sodom? Melchizedek. I just want to Christ. And, and I'll use this example and um, about three years ago I had to take a ride with a man who I was working for that had hundreds of millions of dollars. And I had to ride with him for about three hours. And I knew there's a, there's a, a danger in being drawn into things because you see money and there's just, there's something in us that we're attract, we can be attracted to that. And so I knew if I'm going to have this man sitting by me, what are we going to talk about? Or what is the Lord, or what is Satan, the serpent? How could he draw me aside? So I took my Bible, and I put my Bible right between our seats. That was my Melchizedek. I wanted him to know that I had found satisfaction in the Word of God. Whatever He might offer me was second. And it spared me to this day. And so there is that which we have to be so careful of. Abraham was a man of faith. He was a friend of God. He, he sought to please the Lord. But here came a temptation. But he had taken from Melchizedek, from the Most High God. He was satisfied. He was completely satisfied. And so, 
when the king of Sodom comes and offers him the things of this earth. Maybe not evil in themselves. Perfectly good. They, they didn't fit in Abraham's tent. He was satisfied. What about you today? Temptations come. They come. How are we going to overcome these temptations? Abraham's a beautiful example. We need to find our resource, our satisfaction in Christ. He can and will satisfy us. And that's what can preserve us as we go out into the world. We're satisfied. Have you found your satisfaction in Christ? Is He enough to satisfy the soul? It says that He shall see the travail of His soul. And what? And shall be satisfied. We can only be satisfied with that which God is satisfied with. And He is satisfied with His Son, the Lord Jesus. And if we find our satisfaction in Him, it's an eternal, just like we had with those treasures, it's an eternal satisfaction. It's forever. Judas is there unsatisfied forever. If we find our satisfaction in Christ, we are satisfied forever. If you don't mind, maybe we could sing one more song. Sorry for going over. Oh, sorry. On our little flock, if, if you have your little flock. Hymn book. Number 57. Thinking mainly, we've had the Lamb before us. Number 57, verse 2. Sweetest rest and peace have filled us. Sweeter praise than tongue can tell. God is satisfied with Jesus. Can you say the next part? We are satisfied as well. Um.
Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Exclamation mark. I think that's how David said it. I shall not want. Satisfied. 